following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am here with the artist formerly known as the most diesel athlete in the NCAA. Big diesel, Nick Yelch. What's going on, buddy? Nothing. How are we doing? Uh, we are living the dream and making Monica Lewinsky jokes this morning. It's going to be a great <laughs> day. <laughs> we, are, we are hitting a good stride right off the bat. So we are here to talk about the Bills preseason and what's going on in training camp. It's weird. There is no preseason. There are no preseason games. We may not be able to see a game in person in New York anytime soon. And we're still here talking uh, preseason football. Uh, side note, my super secret bill source says that the Buffalo Bills and Delaware North have submitted a proposal to the state outlining how they could handle about fifteen to 16,000 people. Sweet. So obviously not the first two games, but like the proposal is there. They got all the guidelines in place with state regulations, and they're ready to go. Oh, awesome. Well, that sounds like fun. Unconfirmed source. Unconfirmed source. Source, source to be named at a later date. He's got a guy. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so, well, some questions going into camp this year. And, uh, we've had some people turning heads, which we'll get into as we break this down. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to break it down from a fundamental standpoint. So we're going to start in the big one, the QB room. Everybody knows that Josh Allen is QB1. That's uncontested. Anybody who thinks otherwise, go cheer for Tyrod Taylor. And the question is, what goes on behind him? Because his style of play has has led us to believe that he's going to get banged up from time to time. He's going to miss a few plays here or there. And we want to know who's taking snaps behind him, with the options being Matt Barkley, Jake Fromm, or – it's not Joe Webb. It's the other Webb, right? <laughs> yeah, Davis Webb. Davis Webb. There it is. Although I wouldn't be opposed to bringing back Joe Webb. It's big specs guy. <laughs> Joe Joe Webb won us the uh, the snowball. Buffalo I Bills, great Joe Webb. Legend of the legend of <laughs> Joe Webb. So Barkley and Jake Fromm are kind of the same guy. They're they both had long starting careers in college. We were talking about this before yep. we hit the record button, and they both have a solid head on their shoulders. So I think the question is, do we carry three because Barkley has got some experience in the dance and Fromm's young and up and coming? Do we, it's a possibility that we carry three. I can also see us practice squatting from, um, especially after the racist tweets. I don't know what other team would really pick him up. Right. Uh, that being said, do you really want to spend a fifth round pick on a guy? You're just going to practice squad for a year. That's pretty much where I'm at with it. I, I just don't see, you know, we're kind of we're kind of going to touch on this a few times. You know, I don't see us drafting a guy. Yeah, just no, we to, draft to replace, especially yeah. with being being drafts to replace. Yeah, you're not drafting guys to put them on the practice squad or to hope they make your roster. You're drafting guys because you think they got a shot. Yeah, and I think we do that with the un, some of the undrafted guys too. You know, the that big offensive lineman who said he wishes yeah, yeah, Dick yeah. was bigger. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean it. I don't see this being the regime that picks people up to cut them. Like you do that with some veterans that are floating around uh, that you're looking for depth guys that don't pan out. But so right now, obviously they have Barkley in front of Fromm as our QB two. Where do you see that court? Where do you see that quarterback room going this year? Uh, I I see, honestly, I mean, I, I, there's no preseason, so I don't know enough about Fromm at the NFL level. Um, And for that, I'm, I'm going to go with Barkley because because Barkley, he's never been like a starter in the NFL, but he's done some really good things. Two years ago, with nobody on the Bills team, he waxed the Jets in New, New Jersey. Um, shocker that we own that place. 
But and yeah, Shady that was Shady's best day of that season. He had like 100 yards and two touchdowns. But Matt Barkley had a really really good game. Uh, we've seen him come in in relief of Josh and not be awful. And to be perfectly honest, from my backup quarterback in the NFL, all I can really ask for you is to not lose me the game. That's so come in and don't be awful. I'm I'm looking at his stats here. He uh, he started six games for the Bears yep. back in 2016. It does not look pretty. He was one in five, uh, 129 for 216, is 59.7%. Eight touchdowns, 14 picks, and uh, 90 first downs. But uh, you know that's 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 kind of a tough road to hoe because I mean. Who did the Bears have back then? And the Bears right. are kind of in weird. That was back when the Bears didn't have a defense. That was a weird time in Bears history. Yeah, like that, it was three, like the, that, that three year it, stint where the their only defense three sucked. Years in their history where they had an awful defense. But uh, I mean, that's he. He also threw for sixteen thousand yards or sixteen hundred yards. That you know, in in six, in six games, games. Seven, seven games. He played yeah. in seven. He started yeah, six. Okay. But I mean, you know, that's that's not a bad tick. But uh, you know the. Touchdown interception rate ratio there is tough. Yeah, but I mean that that it really comes down to is, is from better. You right. know what I mean? Well, actually, actually, not. It doesn't come down to from as better. It's from as good as him. Yes. Because if they're equal, you're going to go cheaper and younger, and that's from. I I almost wouldn't be shocked if you didn't see something along the lines of we start with three, and if they yeah like what they see from from like say we get up big yeah. in a game, which is exciting to talk about the the ability to be up big in a game. That, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, they want that these guys get a couple snaps and they, you know, like what they see from from. Maybe they can, you know, give Barkley yeah. his walking no, papers. No, I, and... I can see a starting with three because, to be perfectly honest, it's a lot easier to put like a depth skill guy or lineman on the practice squad and then sign him again later if you need to cut Barkley. Right. Then, yeah. So I think we're in agreement there. We're starting with three quarterbacks this year because I don't see them cutting Barkley yet and I don't see them practice squatting a guy we spent a fifth round draft on. Davis Webb making a push here. No, no, I think no. that's our practice squad guy. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. So now we're gonna we're gonna jump we're gonna stay in the backfield here and uh, it was weird. So I, I took the depth charts off of our lads and well, no matter what depth chart you look at, be it our lads, ESPN, the the official team ones aren't out yet. Clearly doesn't trust Sal Capaccio. <laughs> so. Uh, our lads had it going Singletary, Yeldon, Moss. ESPN had it going Singletary, Moss, Yeldon. I don't know if TJ Yeldon makes this team. I hope he doesn't. I really don't like Yeldon. And uh, to be perfectly honest, it's for two reasons. One, he went to Alabama, and I don't I don't believe in Alabama running backs. And two, uh, you can't hang on to the damn ball. It's like Friday Night Lights. We need a little fumble. To, to get the ball and get it duct taped <laughs> to his freaking hands. So the interesting side of that is uh, Alabama running backs are pretty much feast or famine. Yeah. Because for every Mark Ingram, who's an animal, right. you have a guy like Yeldon who doesn't quite pan. And Yeldon, right. Yeldon was in a great running back class. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that class yeah, was, yeah. you know, you were talking, at least fantasy-wise, you were talking about three almost can't miss. And if you took him, you missed. <laughs> and... uh but, I mean, I, I don't see him making this roster. Taiwan Jones uh, does a little bit in the return game, which makes him a little bit more serviceable. Not only in the return game, he's just a specs guy, too. And Yeldon, they, they proved last year with the fact that they didn't dress him. He can't play specs. Right. So, in all reality, if you're not a starter in the NFL, the only, the only way you're making a roster dressing 
is if you're a backup quarterback, a backup lineman, or if you're a skill guy, you have to play special teams. You have to. It's the only. It's the only way. <laughs> right. And you know, and that's that's one of those things. Um, I believe Jones is a little younger too, right? So he doesn't. He's not going to yeah. cost as much yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. He's not. Even if Yeldon's at veteran minimum, which I'm not sure why he'd be anything he's but not, veteran minimum. I think he's he, he's probably more. Right. So I mean, right. the, the, that that could be a contract thing to free up a little cap space again. Yeah. Not a ton, but some. Right. Um, and then there's the fan favorite from really just two huge plays in the preseason two year or last year, Christian Wade. Uh, I've seen reports that he is taken to the game of football like a fish to water. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's a world class athlete to begin with. And it's not like we're talking about a guy who's playing a completely different style of sport that's no. got to learn the physicality. He, he plays a game that's arguably all, more physical. Yeah, all he needs to do is learn the, the difference in strategy between football and rugby. Right. You know, rugby is more of a free-flow sport. Football is very stop and start. Um, but, like... Which I honestly could play to a strength oh, of his. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, so if you're not running for... 100%. 800 minutes on, I don't know, do they play on a field or a pitch over there? I don't even know. But <laughs> Some um, patch of grass. <laughs> yeah, some patch of grass with some lines on it and people dying left and right. Yeah. You know, this. You know, if this guy can pick this up, I mean, that, that style of physicality, we saw it in those yeah. two big plays. He just, he made it hurt in the hole, and yeah. then he made people miss by being yeah. the fastest guy in the field. Yeah, not only is he fast, but he's going to be tough to bring down. Honestly, it's a little bit like, like Singletary, not in the way that Singletary makes guys miss, but the way that they can both break tackles, because right. they're stronger than you think for being smaller guys. I mean, really, the only issue with Christian Wade is that he's, he's 29. Right. And... I don't really care about that, but like, Statist the, statistically speaking, yeah. after twenty six years old, running backs slow down in production and uh, reduce heavily in value. I think the only thing that and you that's could, coming from a guy who this is what is his third year playing football, second uh, year, second year, yeah, second which, year playing football. You know, you you could potentially see him be a guy that you know. I mean, can can he feel can he feel the kick? Right. Like, because that I would you know, imagine he, he could. I mean, you do you do that in rugby? It's a bigger ball. Yeah. Um, well, and the I don't do they have the uh, the practice squad slot for him again this year, or is that it part, easier or gone? That part I'm not sure about. Uh, I meant to look that up, and I didn't get to it. So, you know that that is something that maybe you know if we get on a little tirade later on, I'll I'll look up to see if that's a possibility for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Because because if if, if, if it if is, you can practice squad and nobody can steal him because he's that that English implant or the international implant, then yeah, stick him on the practice squad for another year. Go with one of these other guys and and hope that this dude develops into. Listen, Raheem Mostert was twenty eight last year and went on an unbelievable run in the playoffs. So yeah. you never know what could happen with running backs. And and that's one of the things with running backs. Part of the reason they start to decline is mileage. Right. And you know he might he might have more mileage running per se, but not yeah, but not, not the same kind. No, You're absolutely not. Not taking the same pounding as thirty carries in the NFL inside the tackles. Right. When you're playing rugby. Like you, you might you're definitely you, taking hits. You, you, you're definitely wrong. taking hits. You know you're getting beat up in the scrum, but it's it's not quite he, the he same. Also, uh, here, here's my biggest question: uh, He never handled the grind of an SEC schedule. So right. how could he possibly handle the grind of an NFL schedule? Like I said the only thing I can think is being I mean that good of a rugby player. Maybe yeah, I, I don't know what their schedule looks like. I don't know. Like like are are those guys playing did three he, games a week? He, like did he, have to, did he have to go to Tennessee and then Vanderbilt and then <laughs> then play at home against Georgia? No. I don't think so. No, he had to play against the Samoans. 
Have you ever seen those yeah, dudes? Fair enough. Those guys are massive. those guys are evil. Yeah, and then they come out chanting at you before a game. Yeah, coming after you. Oh my god. So, I, I like that we're in agreement there that TJ Yeldon probably gets his papers in the next couple weeks. I hope so. Um, Get him out. And then, so this is going to be the fun one. I think nobody disagrees here that our our wide receiver room is good. Everything I've seen from videos of camp, reports from camp, our wide receiver room is disgusting. Yeah. On a, like un, uncontested top three being Diggs, Brown, and Beasley. Every day I see something. How uncontest, uncontested is that? I, I don't think anybody behind that this year makes a run. Are you saying by spots. the end of the year? By the end or of the year. Or are you saying by week one? By week one, there's no like nobody. Week one, yeah. Week yeah, one, there's the uncontested. I, I think by the end of the year, you might, depending upon how things go, right. you could see one of the rookies maybe make a play for somebody. Well, if Gabe Davis keeps looking like he's and, looking, and, and that's what I'm talking about. So every, <laughs> every every day, Duke Williams spectacular catch over somebody's head. Gabe Davis beating Trey White deep on a uh, you know on a, on a route. You know, I've I've heard beautiful good, route by the way. Let's talk about that for a second. Because not only did he outside release Trey, which if you watch any NFL game, you don't do. Right. You don't outside release on Trey. So not only that, he, he then stacked back inside, and they had it on the field. You could see it. There was the faint red line, which is the bottom of the numbers. Yep. He was right on the bottom of the numbers, which gave Josh that, that like eight-yard window to the sideline to put the ball in there. And Josh didn't because he didn't have to. Right. Because he was stacked on top, and he just put it out front, and then he caught it with his hands. Oh, my God. That was a beautiful. It was, it was disgusting. Like, beautiful throw by Josh, but the route by Davis was super impressive against an all-pro corner. Right. Arguably, <laughs> arguably one of, if not, pro- pro- at least right now, the second best in the league. Yeah. And, you know, and that's giving Stephon Gilmore. Top two, and I don't think he's number two. Yeah. But <laughs> that's up for debate. Stephon Gilmore gave up a touchdown last year. Trey didn't. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just putting it out there. But uh, you know, I, I've I've seen you know good things out of Hod, uh, Hodg, Hodgkins. Hodgins. 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 Yeah, good call. There's not a, not a K in there anywhere. Um, he said, you know, I, I'm I'm a big Duke Williams fan. I hope the dude pans out. And I think, I, like everything I've seen and heard, like he's he's been impressive every yeah. day. He comes out and turns I, heads. I liked I liked what he did last year too. The the issue really is I see him making these highlight grabs all the time in practice, but on game day he's not making those. Right. He's making good grabs. Yes. Don't get me wrong. He's making good grabs. He's making grabs he needs to make to be in the league, but he's not. He's really not the guy who's going to go up and moss somebody. I, He's I only think, that guy in practice. I think he could be with reps. The yeah. problem is this isn't the roster that you're gonna just no. be gifted reps on. Yeah, that's you know they're they're that 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 if, I think like I he's think the Duke, kind of guy. He's the kind of guy who honestly, if he's not in Buffalo, he might thrive. Like we gave him the chance and showed that he could be in the league. If he goes somewhere like Philadelphia, where who do they have at wide receiver? They got 35 year old Deshaun Jackson and 32 year old Alshon Jeffrey. Right, and then a bunch of unproven commodity. Right. So, like, if he goes there, he might actually flourish more than here, but I'd rather have him on, on my team. I agree. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to go somewhere and have Duke Williams be flourishing and start mossing our guys because yeah. I think he can. Well, and how many times have we seen a Buffalo guy who, like, maybe got, like, a little bit of a shot here and then leaves and then blows up? Right. And it's like, okay, well, we could have just kept him. Uh, you know, and th- so that, that this leaves the big question. There's – with Brown, Diggs, and Beasley – Again, we're, we're not. You're not 
you're not drafting receivers and cutting them. No. You know, you, no, both of the, both, both those goes guys are, are making the roster. roster. Um, and that leaves the question mark of do we go with six? Do we go with seven? I go, I think we go six. Because, and so we have Duke Williams, Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster, and Andre Roberts. Now, Roberts is that big special team guy. He's our top kick returner and our right. top punt returner. And as of yesterday, the only per the only uh, site that had McKenzie listed in returning kicks, which I found interesting because I thought that was something that he kind of brought to the table, was it's ESPN. That we, we hoped right. he brings to the table. Again, another unproven thing, but like the thing with Isaiah McKenzie is he's so dynamic when you get the ball in his hands, and you've seen that when like they run those little sweeps or even just an under, and he takes off, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this could be a touchdown. But uh, I don't know if he can field kicks. And the the other the other <laughs> part is that's, that's the thing. <laughs> that's not something that you can like. You can't have a guy in your roster that all he does is trick or, you know trick plays. Right. Unless like right. You know, unless we're talking about uh, Tyson King from right. New Orleans because well, like because that, that that's a trick pony. But Jason he's a Hill, you mean? yeah, that's the one. Tyson King. Uh, listen, man, I'm it's tired. Right. It's I right. just right. woke up. <laughs> I worked last night. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, that's bad. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like like you gotta hit like that guy. Oh, he's on the field and he's in motion. They're probably right. Giving they're him the doing football. something. Like, well, and and the other thing I was gonna say, and this is in terms of Andre Roberts too. Uh, if I'm gonna have like a return guy, return guy, let's say I'm looking for the next Devin Hester. Right. So one, you better have the ability to break one. I've never seen Andre Roberts have the ability to break one. He's a good returner. Yes. He's gonna get Chunk you the yards. net yards. Yeah. yeah. He'll get you. He'll get you fifteen to twenty yards, on and then get return. caught from behind. Right. So he doesn't have the ability to break one. So I would feel like you could still upgrade from him. Um, and the other thing is like Devin Hester was able to be used offensively or defensively, just like when they needed him in a pinch. And I can see Isaiah McKenzie being that he played some corner last year, right? Week seventeen. Um, <laughs> it really comes down to can you catch a punt? Yeah, <laughs> and like, can can you field a ball? In I don't. The know. I I, I haven't seen enough, but hopefully he's getting a lot of reps in practice at that. And if he can field a kick, he's really good with the ball in his hands. Let's get rid of Roberts. Because uh, they also have uh, Taiwan Jones listed as a as a returner. Yeah, he did some of that. Remember when he had his helmet fall off and then he got bopped right in the face? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was kind of his fault because I'm pretty sure he just like didn't pick up the ball. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. So um, that wasn't really a good look for for being listed as a returner. And then uh, I don't think you want your starting safety back there doing no, it like a hide. So. No. Well, the other the other question, uh, don't know if he did it in college or anything. Can Gabe Davis return kicks? And and that's you know that's the big question too. Like like we just talked about because if he's not going to consistently get reps on the field because of the top three, you know, he's right. just going to kind of give them a blow. Then. You're gonna want him on the field in a different way. Can he get back there and return a kick? Absolutely. And like, I mean, you know, is it something Christian Wade can do? Is it right. something you know? Can one of these two rookies do it? Like, Give me a skill guy. Can can you can you run around and make I'll, somebody miss? I'll, I'll tell you. You know, you know who's at the bottom of this list is Foster. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he's gone. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I don't know what happened. I I, I know th- what happened. Everybody everybody wanted to go ballistic because Robert Foster had a 500-yard receiving season and, like, five touchdowns. And the reason that that happened is because our other receivers were Zay Jones and Kelvin Benjamin, and we had nobody. And Josh, all he did was run around for his life, chuck the ball super deep, and Robert Foster was faster. 
than anybody else on our team. Right. He's not actually a good receiver. No. I like Robert Foster in Madden. <laughs> um, I respect what he did at Alabama and being an undrafted guy and getting a shot in the NFL and doing something with it to this point. But he's just not that – he can't separate. No. Besides I, a straight line. I mean, and, uh, that's the thing. Like, you and – you know, you're when you're talking about this group of guys that we have, you know – there, I mean, we talked about Gabe Davis's incredible route against Trey. Our top three are all great route runners. Right. They you separate. Know, they, that was the big thing that Bean did when he signed the free agents. He yeah. looked at the guys who were best in separation right. because Josh needs the the window. Right. And you know, and, and those guys are now saying that he's starting to throw people open, which right. is the you know one of the next steps in his development. Right. Like, you know, I've seen I've seen him connect on a lot of deep balls. Again, it's it's preseason. Right. It's 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 camp, but. One point I will make. Sorry to cut you off again. You're good. That's why we're here, man. <laughs> I was watching. I was watching. Uh, there's a YouTube video, QB film room, and the guy finally did Josh Allen, uh, and he just went over basically the Patriots game in Foxborough last year, and like the little things. And Josh, the big thing with him throwing thing, throwing people open. If you watch him last year, and it was big in that game especially, is he would get to the top of his drop, and he would just take like a half second to like look at the field. And that's because he was still young. But then he had such an arm that he would bomb it into these places. Right. So if he gets back to the top of his drop and it already is like he's finally comfortable, he knows what he's seeing, trusts it. If he's starting to throw at the back of the top of his drop without that little extra half second hitch, that's when he's going to throw people open. And it's just this guy's going to torch the league. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, like it, it's, it's incredible what he could be capable of. And I think that's one of the biggest things that. You know, of all the haters out there, all the Bills fans that love Allen, like that's yeah. what we're excited about yeah. is what he could potentially yeah. turn into. Josh Allen definitely makes the Bills fans pee pee wiggle. <laughs> that's that's how I'll describe that. Yeah, yeah, it's a good a good way to put that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I I hate to say it, I I, I want to see Duke on the team. I don't think Duke makes it. Yeah, I, I want I him it. to, but I don't I don't know if he does. I doubt it. The only way he makes the team is if we practice squad Hodges. Right. Which again, I don't I don't. I see doubt us. that that happens. It could. I don't know who would come in and scoop him off the practice squad. That's the biggest thing when you're practice squatting guys is who could who could come in and scoop him up. But with no preseason, again, with no preseason, there's not as much film on these right. guys. There's still only the college film. Right. And if these guys didn't – if the other teams didn't draft him, like, okay, well, yeah. then <laughs> you got it's, your guys I, allegedly. I mean, really, we got our guys. Really, the only, you know, the only team that you might be you – know, that might be looking to is the team that was within four or five picks of you that went – Damn it! When yeah, you took him, right? Like, but but here's the thing: is a lot of times that'll happen, and then they'll take their next guy who's the same position, and it's like, okay, well, so our guys on the practice squad, your guys on the roster, but are you gonna, you know what I mean? How yeah, are, are you, you gonna are, are you gonna, that are you, to go get the guy that you, that you wanted to draft, but then drafted a different guy four picks later? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's it, the practice squad thing is always weird to me, just yeah. just based on you know. Very rarely do you see a guy signed off a practice squad and come in and make an impact. Yeah, but uh, just because of the name, if he that he, has happened though. Has. Who is there was a the one there, there have been a few. Yeah, um, I actually I looked this up. I had it written down at one point, and uh, I want to say I'm gonna go bold claim Ben on this one. Love that. I, I want to say James Harrison. James Harrison. I believe James Harrison was practice squatted. Oh yeah, wasn't he practice squatted by like the Ravens or something? And then the Steelers scooped him. That might be completely wrong. I don't really care. Um, Brian Hartline, practice squad. 
I got it. Uh, got it coming up. Aaron Rodgers. Like the other one, or no, like the Aaron Rodgers. Was it practice squad? Guy? He was a practice. Brandon Marshall. Uh, oh, that the, makes sense because he was behind Favre. Um, the linebacker Brandon Marshall, Chris Harris, oh, yeah, yeah. Malcolm Floyd, Arian Foster, Rod Smith, James Harrison. Yeah, right. four or seven seven guys who started their career on the practice squad and then said, "I don't give a shit. I'm going to dominate." Yeah. So, well, I I remember Arian Foster they did an ESPN thing on him and they said that the Seahawks called him in the seventh round. And he was so disappointed that he, like, didn't get picked before that that he was, like, kind of a bitch on the phone. <laughs> oh, and then they, the Seahawks said, well, I guess you don't really want to play, so we're going to draft somebody else. Wow. So that's why he was undrafted and ended up on a practice squad because he was kind of being a punk about it. And then once he got practice squatted, kind of like Darren Waller, you know, when he was on the Ravens, got right. practice squatted and it was a slap in the face. And it was like, all right, well, time to go show what time I Time to go do. to work. Yeah. Speaking of undrafted. We have a fullback that's yeah. not DeMarco. Yeah, thank God, huh? And uh, I mean, bring back Mike Tolbert, but oh God, <laughs> I'm gonna, I, I I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna I need me some Mike Tolbert stretch plays at the goal line. I'm, I'm gonna edit that out <laughs> along with my claim of whatever the fuck name I said for uh, <laughs> Tyson Hill. Tyson Hill. Tyson King. Tyson King. <laughs> Burger King. Tyson King. I don't give a shit. Madison Seven. <laughs> Bills win the AFC. <laughs> um, you know, DeMarco, good good blocker, decent is he? decent lead guy. I mean, is he? He he does okay. I mean, mm. he's he's one of like four fullbacks with a job. He's got to be. He's. I mean, there are yeah, other okay, options but out here's there. Here's the thing: is I watch other fullbacks in the league, like specifically. Which, which ones? Specifically, what I'm thinking about is Denver and San Francisco, and that's Usechek and uh, Derek Watt. I think. I think he was on the Chargers. He might be on the Broncos now. Uh, regardless. No, no, no. They, I, uh, regardless, the Broncos guy, too. Um, not only do they get carries and actually do something with it, they're threats in the pass game, in play action. They are in every goal line package and every year. They're like, you know, Barstool, the part of my take podcast, uh, TM. Yeah. <laughs> they... Uh, they, they made a joke stat, fullback assists, but, like, that's a real thing. When you're on the goal line and you're constantly in the top of the league for ru- rushing touchdowns inside the five, like, that's not a joke. That's Absolutely. that's your fullback. Like, you're doing zone blocking and you are blowing up the middle of the field with your freaking fullback. Yeah. And that's what this the guy in San Francisco use check does. And uh, the Denver guy, I forget his name, Janovich? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Janovich. He's a beast. Um and Demarco's nothing like that, right? So I, like, again, he's I'm, not an I'm, athlete. I'm, 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 I guess when I said decent blocker, I know they used him to plug, you know, a plug in a few times, like. Okay, but I'd rather I would rather stick passing set essentially. I'd rather stick a a, a, a peg legged freaking monkey back there. Peg, a peg legged monkey. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Are like, we, are like, we, wait, are we putting Pat Demarco on the suck list? Pat DeMarco has been on the suck list. Pat DeMarco has been He's on the no suck Corey list. He's no Corey McIntyre. We, 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 du- we dusted off the bottom of the list and found All I want is Corey Pat McIntyre DeMarco. back in my life. <laughs> you know what? As long as I don't see Pat DeMarco out wide running a streak this that's year. That's the other thing. Is like the uh, That's why I bring up Juszczyk in San Francisco. He gets in. He's like, when they're in passing downs where you're going to have four receivers and you need a running back in, but you're getting blitzed and blocked and you need a blocker. They stick him in the backfield, 
And not only can he chip and release and go make a play, but he can sit in the back and he's a freaking fullback, so he's going to block. Right. You got six guys blocking for your quarterback. That's huge. So whole, the, the, the whole thing of what I'm saying is you need an, you still need an athlete at fullback. Right. And Pat DeMarco. I think Pat DeMarco is more of the old school, yeah. north, south, one direction hit Listen, a guy. Listen, I like Pat DeMarco. If I had to rate him on a scale of being a natural athlete, one through ten, he'd probably be about a 1.7. 1.7 on the athlete scale. Still made the NFL, though, so good for you, Pat. Again, one of, like, what, maybe, all jokes aside, probably one of six, six employed fullbacks. Six guys who gets more than 30 reps a year. And, <laughs> and, and like, have, there's teams that don't even have one. Right. They'd rather carry just a fourth running back and not list it or, as a fullback or, spot. Or an extra tight end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you think this Gilliam kid, who, from what I've heard, has turned some heads in, in he the past? I have no idea, but yeah, I will look, look it up, up for you. Look that up, because I want to know is, where he's This from. is the nice part of having the computer machine in front of me. Ooh, he's, uh, he's, he's on the old Google. Yeah, is it Reggie Gilliam? Reggie. From the full, oh, Reg. The fullback from this guy's smoking the University Reggie. of Toledo. Oh, yeah. really? Toledo. Yeah. Did he block for Kareem Hunt? What a beast! Give me some stats. Let's see, let's see what we got. Let's see what give me, we got. Give me some metrics too. I want to know height and weight. Uh, six one two fifty five. Oh, big boy! He's a bowling ball, huh? He was. He actually st- he started all twelve games at tight end for Toledo. Yeah. Okay. So he's a tight end that has. Well, yeah. Become... Toledo. Toledo runs that that weird spread. Um, they'll motion the tight end and use him to kick out. So he is a right. fullback, but he's tight, you know listed at tight end. Uh, nominated for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year Award. Wow. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Named candidate for the Burlesworth Trophy as a top player in the nation, began career as a walk-on, academic All-Mac, nominee for academic All-American, second second team All-Mac, played I'm 13 sold. games, started 12. Smatrick Lamarco, you're uh, on the way out. Get to, your bag. In 2018, he was fourth on the team with his three touchdown receptions. <laughs> Burning it. See? Burning it. Give me a fullback who can Pat catch. Pat DeMarco, you're cut. You suck. I, I, Congrats I, on the career, though. Seriously, because like well, I'm pretty sure you've had a job for seven years in the NFL, which is longer than most fullbacks, including at least one of the Gronkowskis. And it's way longer than me, so I can talk all <laughs> the smack I want. Listen, but. listen, the, guy, the the guys who get to play in the show don't do their podcasts till they get cut. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna yeah. see the Pat Demarco show jump us in the ratings soon. Oh, it's fine. 100%. It's I, fine. I, I wish him nothing but the best, but he's cut. He can come on. He, he, he can come on and be a color guy for he us. He can he can come on the podcast yeah. and talk about it. But Absolutely. He's, he's still cut. And then he can punch one of us in the face for putting him on the suck list, or he'll laugh about it. We'll give him a T-shirt. It'll be great. Um. Tight end. We have six. We have six tight ends right now. Yep. That's insane. Yep. Um, well, we got we got five tight ends and a liability. <laughs> so Knox, Croft, Smith, Sweeney, Kroom, and Becker. Yeah. Yeah. Is Becker Virginia? Uh, great question. Go into the Google machine. No, no, no. He's not. Benkert. Benkert. That's the uh, backup for the Falcons. That's the Virginia guy. He's a quarterback. Not even the same position. Nate Becker. Nate Becker. Nate Becker. I saw the name when I looked this all up, and I was like, who? Well, one-year guy, 24, 6'5", 264, went to Miami of Ohio. Big on the Mac guys, I guess. Grinders out there in the yeah, Mac, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mac action, baby. 
You don't play on a Wednesday night and, and not know how to be tough. Right. <laughs> right. Got to wake up and go to two more days of school after that. That's, that sucks. Yeah, right. If you think anybody, <laughs> any one of those guys is waking up the next day on Thursday and going to class, you're insane. Well, virtual, online classes like everybody does Yeah, now. yeah, that's right. New world. But, uh, you know, I, I, I actually read a thing uh, the other day that somebody from a publication that gets read a little bit more than we do had Knox as the – X factor for the bills this year. Yeah. And my buddy that actually sent me the article looked, he was like, really? Like I thought, you know, like, like a Josh Norman or, you know, one of the, like a guy, like, you know, somebody, you know, somebody had defense that could, you know, fill a big hole for us or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, no, nah, man, like, look, like, look, look at the three, three of the top teams in the league last year between Kansas city, San Francisco and Baltimore. Yep. Like, you had to worry about so many other dudes that their tight ends shine. Well, it's it's not only that; it's that's the next step of an offense. And now we're taking we're trying to take two at a time, really, because we got the number one receiver finally, we got the slot guy, we got the we got running back with a changeup with Moss and Singletary. The next step of the offense is: Do you have a tight end who can stretch the middle of the field vertically? Because if you do, if if you have that, you can occupy safeties. All of a sudden, you're going to get Diggs and Brown the ball with way more space. And not only that, if they're going to overplay Diggs or Brown because they're torching him, you need a guy who can go over the top and go get the ball deep. And you saw that a little bit in the New England game at the end of the year, um, even the Pittsburgh game. They're, they they really like that little that little nub uh, trip set. So you got a tight end attached uh, backside, and then you got trips with three receivers to the front side, running back in the backfield. And what they would do is they would just run seven routes with your tight end. And you saw Croft caught one to win against Pittsburgh. They threw it three or four times against New England. And Josh missed three of them but hit that one that was almost a touchdown to Knox. And that's what I'm saying is if Knox gets the ability in terms of route running to be able to win that kind of route consistently, that takes a lot of pressure off the rest of the receivers um, to, to do too much. You want right. everybody to play their own role and and be their their part of the cog. Right. And now the th- the thing with with Knox is you last year we saw flashes. Yeah. You know, we saw like a great grab down the sideline and then that get off me stiff arm. Yeah, yeah, Cincinnati. Like, oh. uh, I mean just just some absolute flash. And then you saw a dude who struggled catch and or hold on to the football yeah and you know that was kind of the knock on him and if you if you look at if you look at him in college he graduated with two of the top three receivers in the draft that year yeah and was in an offense that didn't overly use their tight end yeah like he was he ran a lot of decoy routes didn't get the ball a ton because again two of the top receivers in the nation are on your team with yeah. you and you're they're well like, you're also Ole Miss and, and like Ole Miss kind of has a reputation since Chad Kelly's been there of like hey we're just going to chuck the ball deep Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's not really, oh, we're going to spread you out and, like, use routes. It's like, no, we just have better athletes than you. Yeah, and we're going to go <laughs> we're, we're gonna go vertical, catch us if you can. And, you know, I, I think Knox 100% has the ability to be a Kelsey, a Kittle, along those lines. Maybe not that elite tier. Yeah. But I would push say more, he could be more of, like, a, a, a Zach Ertz. Um. I mean, the biggest question with Knox, really, for me, is not the receiving. It's not the receiving. It's blocking. He had a tough time with blocking last year. And now here's the thing. He's a converted quarterback. I'm pretty sure when he got drafted, I remember hearing, now, 
you can fact check this, but I'm still going to say it. Um, <laughs> Bold claim Ben back at yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he came in as a walk-on to Ole Miss his freshman year is like 5'11", 185. Wow. Yeah. So, like, he was, like, a quarterback who was 5'11", out of high school, like a good athlete. Right. And then all of a sudden, at his time at Ole Miss, he became a man. Yeah. And is now 6'4", right. 230. You know what I mean? Well, so, like, so it, he was a quarterback transitioning to tight end as an athlete. So he's never he was never a, a, a great blocker. Uh, and he was never a real receiver. Right. So, uh, again, this is a guy who this is probably his fourth year of playing tight end. And, and two of those years are professionally. Right. <laughs> like, and, and now, so we're talking about it. We saw it last year in the playoff game. You know, he, he picks up that block on that yep. on that quarterback jet sweep that, that sweep. we all love to hate. Allen probably takes the Allen, Allen absolutely takes the house. He knocks that guy even off balance. Allen plants his Not foot, turns up, balance. and goes. Not even off balance. If he Gets if a hand he, on if him. He, no, if he makes the guy not have a straight line to Allen. Yes. That's a, it, Allen, it was, Allen it was literally, go. you don't have to make contact. Just be sort of in the way, and he was nowhere yeah. close. Yeah, he, he, that was that was a lookout block if I've ever seen one. You know, the old, like the, the yeah. look back and, oh, shit, look out. And then you watch your quarterback get murdered. But, uh, you know, it, I think he's got the ability to get there again. We're talking about a dude who is in the NFL and has only been playing tight end for, again, a few years. Yeah. You know, it's not like he was a tight end or, like, a big-bodied receiver that, in high school that, that transitioned I mean, in college. And how you're, – you're a pretty big dude. But, like, when you first got big, how long did it take for you to be like, oh, I'm, like, actually big? You know what I mean? Because, like, if this guy was 5'11". Pro- probably somewhere in my a 20s. freshman in college, and now he's he's 22 and in, in, or 23 and in the league. It's like it takes a while for you to adjust from being small to big after a growth spurt like that. Yeah, it, and it also takes you so a minute to So he might to, not to have get, the body control yet. You know, and, and it might take you a minute, too, to, you know, adjust to, like, growing into your body. Like, right. You know, just because you got big doesn't mean you've grown into it. Like, right. I mean, I, I hit – Six one two ten as a freshman. Yeah, and I can tell you, you know, I moved better at two ninety five three years ago than I did at two ten back when I was a freshman. Right, just because I like had a yeah, feel for well, my body. I, like, I've, I, I've called people like this when I played with them in high school. It was like it was a baby giraffe. Yeah, it was. You got it was like the tall string bean kind of kid. Knees and elbows when they yeah, run. Yeah, and it was just like they you could tell they didn't have they didn't understand their body enough at that time. Versus, like, the guys who have always been the same size, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. Right. So, it, it's an adjustment. Yeah, adjustment to that and, adjust, again, and adjustment to playing a different position and doing it well enough to be in the NFL. And because, start. Be, because because even, <laughs> even if you're not, like, a great tight end, right. but you're in the NFL and you're starting, I mean, there are at least 32 of them. And tight end, I'm going to upset a lot of people, but tight end is, is probably one of – if not the most difficult position in sports. Yeah. You have to do so much. Yeah, you have to be a, an offensive lineman and a receiver and a fullback. And, and, like, and a special teams player. Yeah. If you if you watch an NFL team, literally all of their tight ends on their roster are always on the field for special teams. Yes. And it's like, oh, my God. They're, I mean, they're, they're useful guys because they're really good athletes, but that's the thing is, is tight ends, are it's so damn difficult. And that's why George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are so impressive. Yes. Because it's like you can – not only can they block, not only can you hang in with a J.J. Watt, you know what I mean? But you can go you can go and, and sprint 30 yards downfield and go over some guy for a touchdown. Right. <laughs> you know, and then, and then watching, like, the guy who, who 
basically drew the blueprint for that style of tight end because that's a fairly new style of thing. Yeah, Tony Usually, Gonzalez, pretty much. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez, and then Gronkowski took it to the next level. Right. Like right. You know, the, the guy who was literally, oh, they ran essentially – you know that, that that cross slant pattern that we all love in Madden, and then sent him deep, and he yep. beat the best safety in the league yeah. for a touchdown over the top. Like, yeah. what, I'm sorry, what? And there's nothing that the safety could do no. about it. No. Well, and that's the other thing that that's if you get a good tight end, and that's why if Knox takes the next step, he's the X factor for the offense. If you get an elite tight end, there's nothing a defense can do. No, because linebackers can't cover them in terms of speed. Safeties can't cover them in terms of size. And if you can hang in on the line. There's literally not a thing on the field that you can't do. Right. So it's, it, you become the most critical position to the offense after quarterback and left tackle. So I guess the next question is, is there a guy behind him with Croft, Smith, or Sweeney, or Kroom that can potentially usurp him for that starting role, being a guy that can do a little bit more? No. I didn't think so either. Uh, I'm a big Big fan of Tommy Sweeney. Didn't think he got a fair shake last year. I think he's a better blocker than Knox because he's played tight end longer. Right. Um, also thought he was a pretty solid receiver. I don't know if he's going to be the guy to win over the top, but if you want a guy who's going to run like little out routes or sit routes, um, you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're, a dig. You're like in a two tight end set, you're check down route guy? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but he could like catch that check down and shake a guy off. You know what I mean? I like Tommy Sweeney a lot. Kroom, what I remember Kroom was he lined up a lot at receiver. And but still as a tight end, yes. If that makes sense, but, so he'd but, be like more of a split end. Than yeah, a tight he would end, be like... flexed on the line in the slot. Mm-hmm. So like he's on the line, he's a tight end, but he's a slot receiver. Yeah, like don't don't get it twisted. So he's not really he's more of a receiver than a tight end. Kind of Duke Williams ish to be honest. Right. Duke could probably play tight end in our system. Um, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> I, I, and the 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 biggest thing about Croft is. He's a decent receiver, but he's really more of your true tight end in terms of he, you need a guy who's going to hang in on a DN during power and try to kick him out. Well, and he's like you're going to stuff Croft in there and run it at him. Right, and I mean, and he's he's gotten banged up. You know, he yeah, he takes a beating because he because he, because of the style he, of tight yeah, end he is because he can block. So I mean, that's that's that was you know just kind of where I wanted to go with that. One also, with tight cut end. Lee Smith. Yeah, yeah, I. He had he had a penalty he had a penalty on almost a quarter of his snaps that he played last year and he only played like seventy six. Him him and Pat Demarco can uh, come and hang out on the podcast with us. They can kick rocks, but they can also come hang out. Right. <laughs> we we boys we like to drink beer. Or I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk shit. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm gonna talk shit. Right. May as well come. <laughs> may, may as well come and drink beer while we talk shit. Um, who's who's cornerback number two? That's a great question. Uh, I I like Levi. I like Levi. So, um, I can tell you that they had Trey listed. Or our lads had Trey listed at one, Norman listed at two, and Johnson listed at three. Well, I don't think Johnson's actually three. He was he was listed as our nickel. Yes, I should. Johnson. Say. Well, that's that's the thing uh, with the Bills' defense. The Bills' defense, like. I want to say it was like 70% of the time ran the 4-2-5. So that's your nickel sets. Yeah. Um, so Teron Johnson, who's a glorified corner safety, uh, is a terrific nickel corner. And he's your guy. Yeah. They, so, they didn't have one listed behind him. Yeah. Well, like, I, I we'll, would, we'll put it that I way. I would imagine that it's Dane Jackson at, yes. at this moment before, you know, we make cuts. I don't know if he's going to make the roster. but uh, They had Dane listed as Trey's backup. 
That, that again, I'm just telling you where our lads had him. Uh, ESPN, yeah, I mean, might be. ESPN had him a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, yeah. That, that well, also okay. that also depends on you know. Our, I mean, the corner the corner two battle is, is really between Norman and Levi. Um, I can understand why Norman would win it, being the veteran playing in the system before having his best years in this system before. So I can understand that even if he doesn't look super great because he's 32. Uh, that McDermott would trust him because, like, yes. you know, he knows what he's got. Plus, the other thing with being a veteran who's played in the system before, the communication on the field is going to be a lot smoother, which is kind of interesting considering Levi played the past two years. But that being said, Josh Norman has a better track record. Right. So, regardless, um, you know, just another leader on the back end who can help with coverages so that you can take some off of Tremaine Edmonds, who right. doesn't need to run everything, or Micah Hyde, who doesn't need to constantly be, you know, yapping at guys so i can understand why norman would go there i just like levi i think he's a good athlete i think he's a, he's a decent corner um i i know he was I don't a puppy know. man he was he was he was a puppy last year yeah you know and i i think he gets a bad rap because everybody you know everybody remembers him blow you know that blown coverage against i believe it was the browns on the late touchdown okay uh, it happens listen like, yeah okay shit happens i've i when i played in college i played with some some terrific terrific ball players and guess what one of the best safeties I ever played with, he blew a coverage or two. Yeah, it, it <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? I, again, like it's, again, it's people, football. People, people claim that Stephon Gilmore is the best cornerback in the league, and John Brown had a yard sale with him. Right. Like I, it happens. But things things happen. So uh, I like Levi. I, th- I I also, if he didn't roll his ankle against the Jets, what happens against the Texans? Because D Hop was neutralized by Trey. But the issue that we ran into is is we had. Kevin Johnson and a rotation hanging with Will Fuller. Right. And if you have Levi on Will Fuller that whole game, just basically saying you're not going to go deep, and then you got, you know, Trey falling around D-hop, like that game goes differently, I think, too, especially in terms of them coming back. I agree. Um, everything I've seen, Norman's having almost a renaissance-type camp. Where he looks that like doesn't the normal shock me because all he's um, asked to do is play zone. Right. <laughs> he doesn't and, have to do any. He's playing like Richard Sherman. Yeah. And, and that's fine. There's a, that's that and, you can be a very good football player. Right. And if and, and if that's what you're asked to do and you can do it at that level, I yeah. sign me up. I'm in. Yeah. But um, moving on down the uh, defensive chart here, we have the what happens to Mr. Murphy. I I. Think that it ha- it depends on what happens with Ziggy Ansah. That was reported earlier this week that he was on the Bills' radar. Um, I mean, it was very clear at the end of the year last year in the Jets game when none of the starters played that uh, Trent Murphy was kind of on McDermott's shit list because he was the only starter that played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that was about as clear a message as you're going to get from Sean McDermott. You are not cutting it. You're not cutting it. And I'll, but I'll tell you what, he had a pretty damn good playoff game. I, <laughs> I well, and that's the thing. I'm hoping that that message got through, and I'm thinking that's what McDermott was hoping too. That's why they signed the guy. You know, he was a, he was a bean free agent. So being yeah. so clearly like they, they, they he's got the edge. They like him. He, they like he's him. got the edge that they want. It's just he hasn't produced for shit. Right. And we need that guy. And Ziggy Ansah is a, a pretty proven pass rusher. And yes. him and Jerry Hughes would be a decent oh tandem with Epinesa in, in there as well. And 
you'd also I want to say you'd save like six million in cap if you cut Murphy. Yeah, probably. So like, if you can sign Ansa for the same price, it's like okay, well that's make that exchange because Murphy has not been working. Right. And you know, so I look at that too, and no, I didn't hear the Ziggy Ansa thing, so that's interesting. I think I yeah, us and the Ravens. Uh, apparently, he's Weird. on our radar. Um. I think like so. I, I kind of equate the the Murphy situation, you know, where he was the only starter that played the whole day. Yeah, and you know, then had again a pretty damn good playoff game. Yeah, you know that 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 to me goes up there with the intelligent move on McDermott's part of you know sending a message. You know, up there with you know everybody. We all remember the, the Nate Peterman five picks and right. seven throws game. But what did that do? Hey Tyrod, you're not perfect. You're not infel- and he was a different player when he came back. Yeah. And we got it's, a it's, solid run perfect, out of him. Guess what? Like, like throw throw the fucking ball. Yeah. Deep. Like, hey, you don't. We could be a lot worse. You know, when you when, <laughs> when you when you talk about Trent Murphy, you could talk about him in the realm of, you know, on the stat sheet, the untrained eye, Starla Tulia doesn't do a ton. So but, sucks. But when you look at him, he eats double teams. He's a guy you have to put a second hat on because he's Is a big, he? strong bull. Yeah. It, I, I, I didn't I believe say, it. Listen, I didn't believe it, and then I started paying a little bit closer attention. Like, why is this dude out there all the time when we have other people that can do the job? I don't mind him in the run game. Uh, and it, that's and th- he's just not a pass rush guy. So but, I guess that's why. Right, and that so that's the thing. Like he's he de- in a pa- in, in the run game, he demands a second hat, which opens yeah. up your other players. Well, and that's what Murphy does bring. He's not a bad run defender. Right, He'll set but, the edge. but when but when you're in there on passing downs, yeah. you can't just be a space holder. Right, you've got and that's what he was, and I think yeah. that's where the issue came to came right. from. And they McDermott doesn't mind using personnel packages, right? You see how he used Zoe, and that's that's gonna be. They're still gonna do things like that, right? He wants to get his guys on the field, so like you can have a run defend guy and a pass rush guy, but like that also becomes the game of okay, well now I have to pay attention to their personnel, make sure we get the right guys on the field, make sure all the guys are on the field with the plays set, everybody knows what's going on. Versus you have a guy who can be on the field for three downs and know, okay, well they're probably running this downer. Okay, well, here we go. I got to go get the quarterback. Right. And a guy who can do both. And Murphy's not a bad run defender. He can set the edge. But like you said, you can't be a placeholder when it's third and long. No. You got to get off the field. Yeah, you got to got to pin your ears back and go get it. And a little little bonus feature on that. Can we could you imagine the Buffalo version of the NASCAR defense that we could run if we yeah. got Ziggy Anza and all of a sudden you had Addison Hughes, Epineza, and Anza on the field at the same time and yeah. just Go eat, boys. Yeah, like, no joke. I mean, and that's that's taking Oliver off the field, right. Phillips off the field. Uh, like but that, that would be like like. Listen, man, the defense is 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 good enough. Defense is not as like complicated as people think in terms of what you have to do. All you have to do is win on first and second downs, and if it's third and six or more, you are at a significant advantage in the NFL. Yeah. So our defense is going to put us in plenty of third and six plus situations, and if you got three guys who can get to the quarterback on that situation, it doesn't really matter what your coverage looks like. But guess what? Our coverage is going to look pretty damn good, and we're going to force a lot of turnovers. Yeah, I mean, when you have less than a three-step drop to throw, and you have to throw at least six yards, I, that. That makes it tough. Right. Think about the routes that you're going to have to run. You're going to have to run, like, uh, a dig. You're going to have to run a speed out. Something that's going to be, like, 8 to 10 yards. You know what I mean? Because you're yeah. going to – you 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 always think, well, they're going to cut it short, especially with 
the sticks, like get to the sticks. And that's what happens. And that's why, yeah, defense in terms of winning the play is not that complicated. Right. <laughs> and, you know, it's something that's not that complicated that we find a way to do very, very well. Well, right. That's just it. We don't make it complicated. McDermott doesn't make it complicated. You know exactly what you got to do. You yep. know exactly where you're supposed to be. Now go make the play. So our last – that was a, an added bonus feature. Our last bonus feature of the day, we didn't really talk about it a ton. We covered it when you got here a little while ago. Steven Hauschka, Tyler Bass. Oh, man. Hauschka, my sweet prince. Rest in peace. I, I don't disagree. And this, this, this for no other reason to me. I mean, we've – We've seen him bring in two or three different punters now to battle with Bojangles, Tori yeah. Borquez, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Borquez. I like Borquez, though. I'll tell you what. When he gets his head out of his ass, he's great. It's not when he gets his head out of his ass. It's when he's not hurt. It's just I mean, – his, his, his rookie year, he got ran into on his plant leg, and then everyone was like, oh, Borquez. Yeah, he can't plant and kick the ball. That's his job, right? <laughs> and then last year, I thought he was—I thought he was real solid. There, there were there were just a couple punts in big spot, like you know the the, yeah, the, mista- mean, listen, the mistakes glare. I know but. It, it, the mistakes glare, but like I'm gonna take the body of work over some freaking dude who got cut by the Vikings and the Jets as a kicker, I, which are historically I, awful. Kicking again, and again, I I think that's a McDermott <laughs> move of like. I'm going to bring message. other people yeah, yeah, yeah. in because if you can't yeah. do it, I'll find it's, it's someone who will. It's creating the competition. Yes. But Bojangles is our guy at punter. And, uh, I, and I can tell you, I don't think you draft a kicker to cut him. You certainly don't draft a kicker to cut him. And you certainly don't draft a guy with a freaking 35-millimeter howitzer for a right leg and cut him. He might – listen, I, I mean, I don't know I, about I, the I accuracy, like, but the fact that this guy hit like a 62-yarder in college, okay, sign me up. I mean, he, he went 10 for 10 yesterday, ranging between 40 and 55 yards. Yeah. Well, like, what was it? The other day he hit five from 50-plus. Yeah. And, and Hauschka, Hauschka hit, hit two. Yeah. Like And like, and we're talking – and Hauschka, we're talking about a dude who had at one point the longest active streak of not missing from 50-plus. Right. Well, so. <laughs> Hauschka was a terrific kicker. Unfortunately, people decline. Uh, I think his time. Age, I think his time sucks. is up. Getting, getting old yeah, sucks. Listen, it happens though. And the fact that we got a 23 year old with a howitzer for a right leg. I mean, put him back there. And listen, you th- you think about this too. Um, you know, Hauschka did come up big for us in the playoffs, but like that fourth and 15 was just outside of his range. Yeah. And it was like a 57, 58. And if this kid. Listen, even if he's not super accurate, the fact that you have the ability to be to, like – To give it a shot. Yeah, to be like, all right, try to go get us some points and win us this game. Yeah. Listen, that's, I'm, that's massive. I'm, I'm all for it. When when they drafted him, I went, Hauschka just got cut. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, you it, don't it, draft it a kicker. It doesn't happen overnight like that, but that that's what that was. Yeah. That was this kid would have to suck, or Hauschka, Hauschka would have to find the juice. The other and, thing that I absolutely love about about Tyler Bass and the pick, he's a small school guy, who another guy who's probably a grinder. You know, he's gonna put in the work. And it's, it's almost like we like blue collar, tough, hard work, loyal. Gritty, <laughs> just get down and get to work type guys. Yeah. You know, it's it's a weird it's a weird thing, but I love it. Oh man, there's yeah, nothing weird works, about it. Works absolute wonders. <laughs> so that's uh, that's all I had. Anything else for the uh, the good of the order here? Any bold bold claims, bold predictions? Any bold claims or bold predictions in terms of football or just sports in general? Yeah, why not? Let's uh, let's round it out. Bold claims in terms of sports is. The Bills Kansas City uh, game will have fans. 
16,000 fans on a Thursday? I dig it. Thursday night? I will I will find a way to be at that one if that's the case. Cause yeah, you're going to have to sell maybe three houses for that party. No shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's uh, – I dig it. And you know what? My bold prediction is we're going to see a full football season because I know a lot of naysayers out there yeah, saying it's going to shut down. Listen – if, if Listen, baseball it, it, if baseball is not shutting down yeah. and the, after the rocky start they had the other two sports found a way to make it work yeah. again they're doing the bubble Listen, theory the, the the only the only question with the NFL right now is is the fans because if it comes down to it they got a 5 billion dollar TV contract they're going to be the owners are going to be able to make maybe not a profit but they're not going to be getting, they're not going to hurt they're not going to be hurting paying these uh no. paying these contracts and at the end of the day i think you're going to see enough of the owners who are being told they yeah. can't have fans yeah. claiming listen it's it's not fair that we you know one of the most raucous stadiums in the league yeah. can't have fans but when we go to Miami they can essentially sell out a home game by their standards yeah. like that's yeah. not fair but what six people and a and a drunk yeah. in the in and the lower bowl yeah and then every, <laughs> and then everybody else wearing the other team's jerseys yeah <laughs> Miami sucks all right. Squish the fish. So that is uh, that is that is it for this episode of Hats, Tats, and Sats. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, follow us on all the social media stuff, our personal ones, our non-personal ones, stuff like that. Anybody wants to come in and, on, as a guest. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to be doing a uh, an NFL pick em, kind of the way me and Taylor did a few years back, but uh, we're going to add a couple more people to it, see if we can't make it more interesting. Nick, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Pleasure.